Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Join Santa Cruz Shakespeare at its summer festival of exciting live outdoor performances in the Audrey Stanley Grove in De La Viega Park in Santa Cruz. The season features the world premiere of The Formula by Catherine Chetkovich, inspired by Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream, directed by Ellen McGuire and a co-production with Blissfield. Rounding out the festival are Shakespeare's Twelfth Night and The Tempest. Info and tickets at santacruzshakespeare.org. That's santacruzshakespeare.org. See you in the Grove. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a bonus deep dive on Morgan's Pop Talks this week. My first ever Bachelor Nation interview. Tammy from Bachelor Nation is going to be joining the podcast, and we are going to get into all of the things like her drama with Aaron in that Instagram post. Yeah, you know, the one where she pretty much disowned being a part of Bachelor Nation. We're going to get into all of that hot goss, but first... What a wild ride we went on this weekend with Clayton Eckerd, Susie, and this TikTok lady. Okay, so this is how things went down in my world. So I'm in the bath on Saturday night because that's what I do. I don't go out with my friends. I like to have a bath and go to bed at 8.30 p.m. But I'm getting ready to go to sleep, and I get this DM where I see that it's this girl accusing Clayton of cheating on Susie with her in New York City the night before. So I go to the TikTok page and I look at it and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. We've seen this a million times, you know, when a girl gets on the internet and tells this huge elaborate story, but she never said anybody's name. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, she's really not saying anything other than, you know, he was on The Bachelor. He was the bachelor. He's still with his winner, which you know, Matt and Rachel are still together, but it didn't seem to be him and and nobody else really is with their winner besides Clayton still being with Susie. So I went to the comments section and I saw somebody had comments and said, drop the name. And she replied, his name is Clayton or the name is Clayton or whatever. So I then posted a video of myself saying there's somebody out there accusing Clayton of cheating on Susie. She never said his name, but she gave this full story. And then here is a comment of her confirming that she is, in fact, talking about Clayton. And the whole thing just exploded. I mean, not an hour later, Clayton was on his Instagram stories defending himself, you know, sharing his location. You know, he was debunking everything that she put out there. And and this girl essentially said that she never watched the show. She wasn't familiar enough to know who Clayton was, but that they looked identical to each other. You know, he knew his birthday, his, his height or whatever. I don't know. She just said lots of things that made her think it was actually Clayton. If we learned anything, it's that for once bachelor nation really rallied behind Clayton, which is very different from what we have seen with his season where everyone pretty much is against him. But you know, after he came out and said it wasn't true, everyone was like this 
is weird. You know, why would this girl get on here and try to tear somebody's relationship apart? You know, why not message Susie directly, which she says that she did. But she said, Susie gets a million DMs and she wanted to make sure that she saw it. I don't know. There's a lot of like things that don't add up with this person's story. She also then says that, you know, I never named the guy and my friend was on my phone and she commented his name. And I'm like, when have you ever gave your phone to your friend and was like, yeah, go crazy in the comments, bestie. Like who's done that? Nobody. The only person that speaks on my behalf on my social medias are myself. So she came out with this apology after confiding to Reality Steve. Apparently, they've had a couple powwows. And Reality Steve saw a photo, saw a video of this guy, and he was like, that's not Clayton. So essentially, she really, really, really believed that she went home with Clayton. She really believed that he was on The Bachelor. Or she's just saying that to save face. It's really, really difficult to tell. I will say that if she got catfished, that is kind of terrifying, right? I mean, if you're not overly familiar with the show and you've had a couple drinks, can that really happen? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm just glad that they squashed it. Susie seemed completely unbothered. And let me tell you, the MVP of this whole debacle... Susie. You know, I understand that Clayton had to do what he had to do. He had to set the record straight. But Susie wears the pants in that relationship. And you can tell by the way that they both handled it. You know, Clayton seemed like he was borderline tears on his Instagram, which I would probably be the same way. So we're not going to pass judgment there. But Susie was like laughing it off, posting Instagram stories like of her passing a windmill and being like, where's my man? Wink, wink. So when all is said and done, Clayton, the unsung hero of the weekend. And we got to find out who this guy impersonating Clayton is. But who, you know, I had some people that were upset with me in the, in the comment section, as most people do get sometimes about spreading the story. I understand that argument to an extent. I really do. But also, it is my responsibility as a pop culture commentator, a news commentator to give you the full story. And, you know, I use the word accusation because that's what it was. I didn't go on there and say Clayton did this and and this girl is right. I said, this girl is accusing Clayton of this. She's doing it on a public platform. You know, and I have people like, you're the reason this is happening. And I'm like, me? Like this girl's video has a million views and especially in Bachelor Nation. If you didn't get the information from me, you definitely got it on another Bachelor Instagram page. So you know what? I would rather y'all biscuits hear it from me. Morgan P who's got a good head on her shoulders. Who's going to give you the truth. You know what I'm saying? All right. Like I said, first interview with a Bachelor Nation member. I have been waiting for this moment for a very, very, very long time. Please welcome to Morgan's Pop Talks, Tammy. Tammy, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited for you to be here. This has been, like I said, a long time in the works. I've been waiting because I have so many questions for you. You've been such a prominent figure in Bachelor Nation, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons. But we will get into that in a little bit. To start, I want to talk about the Clayton drama that went down this weekend. This girl on TikTok accusing Clayton of cheating on Susie with her. And 
it's a very long, drawn-out story, but at the end of the day, she's now claiming that she got catfished by someone in New York City who was pretending to be Clayton. I mean, what was your thoughts on all that? I think people who post those TikToks want a little bit of attention. No hate to this girl. I'm sure she had great intentions and abiding by the girl code, but more realistically, I think that it would not be actually Clayton just because he's fresh off his season. Like if there was like rumors about them being rocky, then maybe it's more believable. But this is like coming out of left field. And, you know, he said something really interesting as like he couldn't believe that he had to defend himself. And then Michael A came out and said, you know, this is a side that you guys don't see. People can make all these kinds of crazy accusations about you and you really can't defend yourself because, you know, the seed is already out there. I mean, have you experienced anything like that since you've been in Bachelor Nation? Thankfully, I have not. I live a pretty, I guess, boring life compared to everyone else because I don't think I've ever heard any rumors about me which is good, but I definitely have had friends who were on The Bachelor and even other reality shows that this happens all the time because someone just wants a little bit of attention. They just plant one seed and then everyone else believes them because they want to feed into this drama, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that it hasn't happened to you. And I'm sure that you are a great friend to those in need when it happens to them. But something that did happen to you, and it's a little bit of the, the elephant in the room, you know, you went on Instagram last month, pretty much saying you were done with Bachelor Nation, saying that you were completely done with the franchise and that when your contract is up, you're leaving and never coming back. Are you allowed to tell us what caused that Instagram story? I will just say we just had a really big disagreement that really hurt me. I've been working on something with them for a very long time and it just felt like they were not on my side with the entire thing, even though they portrayed that they were. But I can't say what it was exactly. It was big enough to really hurt me that much because I've always been an advocate for them, you know, and try to fight for their side with other cast members in the audience. So I just felt really a little bit betrayed. Yeah, I think I was very hurt. It just happened a couple days ago before I posted that story. So obviously my emotions were at a peak level, but I had no hate towards them. I wish them all the best. I just think that my time was capped there and I'm just ready to move on to the next thing that's best for me. Do you have any idea on maybe why your time was capped there? They have their favorites, unfortunately. And I, I really fought to try to be one of them. And it just, I came to a realization that I was just fighting for something where I wasn't wanted as much as their favorites were, you know, and it was exhausting. It was like fighting in a relationship where you just like give, 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 and they take and there's nothing, there's no balance, you know? Yeah. And why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that, you know, they stick to us a, a certain group of people? I don't know. Audience is a big factor into it. I, we all know that the bachelor is very prominently Caucasian. I think I'm one of the first full Asian cast members that made it as far as I did and has a prominent storyline. I just don't think that I was enough for them to be like the top four, you know, and I get that. I understand that I what didn't make it to the top four in my original season, or I didn't make it to the end in paradise, but I think they are stuck in their ways and they know what works for them. And they're just going to stick with it, which I can't blame them on, you know? Yeah. And I understand you You said you can't really give too many details and I respect that. But was it something new that you guys were working on together? Fairly newer. I've been working on it myself for two years after I film, wrapped filming the first season. But yeah, it was more heavily 
believable that this was actually going to happen for the last couple months. And then it just didn't. Now, is it something that you could do on your own or did you kind of need that, that backing, that support from the franchise? I really wanted their support so badly. And I think that's what hurt the most, but I, I could take it and just make it my own. You know, I think that if anything, this lesson told me that I'm willing and I'm able, I just was putting that energy towards the wrong thing. Was it you being the bachelorette? I cannot discuss. Uh, I'm not going to confirm yes or no. Okay. We'll leave it at that. I respect you. I respect that. But like you said in your caption, you know, it said rejection is God's redirection. And I really believe that too. And I mean, you crush it in so many other aspects of your life. I mean, even looking at what you do on a day to day, when I was looking it up, it's like real estate investor, house flipper, insurance agent, model, actress, bartender. Are you still doing all of those things? Yeah. I think I'm the only one that still kept all of her jobs after filming because like, you know, people who are so mean on the internet, they're like, she wasn't good enough on TV to sell things on Instagram. And it's like, uh, I turned on ads, you know, because I just have to put my yeah. energy towards real life things that are going to build equity, you know, and nothing against social media. I think that's a huge tool to create wealth and income. I just think that it's so unpredictable and not as valuable as what you else you can put in the real world, you know, because what if Instagram just shut down tomorrow? Then what? Right. And it's not necessarily all that sustainable for, you know, 10, 15 years, because especially when it comes to Bachelor Nation, I mean, contestants are just going through that, you know, rotating door where one second you're in and then the next second you're out. So I really commend you, you know, for having your own thing going on. You're very career driven, goal oriented, but, you know, from a young age, the odds were really against you. Can you explain maybe your childhood and how you became? successful in your own right? Oh my gosh. I could go on and on about this forever. I actually am writing a book on it as well, but I think that society has set up people who look like me, especially women, you know, to fail. And there's not that many resources to help us move ahead faster as it would for like a a white male, for example. I'm literally an Asian female millennial, like the three worst things to be in this world, I feel like. But I remember the lowest point of my life is when my parents left me. I was like 14 and I really just had to figure it out. You know, I let myself be upset. I went through the emotions and I, from that day, I said, this is not the life I dreamed of and I deserve. So I'm going to work towards everything that I can, blood, sweat, and tears until I live the life that I deserve. And I just went tunnel vision and just hustled from 14 to 19. I had no social life. I never went out to eat with my friends. I literally was just working, working, working. And that paid off. And was it very mentally taxing? Absolutely. Sometimes physically taxing, but it was worth it because I fight for the things that I want, you know, and I knew that if I put in the work, it will happen. There was no chance that it was not going to happen. Absolutely. That's amazing. Are you writing a book about, about, you know, your career success or is it about your, your time at Bachelor Nation? I'm interested to hear about that. I think it'll include a little bit of everything, you know, just like how I grew up, the struggles that I've gone through, the wildest stories that I could tell, and my time with, you know, being on reality TV and essentially breaking up with reality TV, you know? Yeah. Does it bother you that even though, you know, you've moved on and you've been successful in many other facets of your life that some people refuse to see you as that and will only see you as a bachelor villain, for lack of a better term. 
100%. It's a little frustrating because they only see like 10%. I wouldn't even consider myself a villain, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't it either. Looks, it looks worse and people consider me this villain because they're not used to, again, people who look like me to have loud voices and be like in, have opinions in this situation. But yeah, I think there will always be people in Bachelor Nation, the, the deep parts of Bachelor Nation that will always just see me as the first person that they saw on Peter's season. You know, like they didn't even hold account to what happened in paradise or what my stories and my social media show, what my life is like real life outside of reality TV. But everyone who knows me, they say that there is a little bit that they could see that came from the first season of The Bachelor. I just, again, I fight for the things that I want, fight for my friends. I'm very strong and dominated alpha female, but people will say that I'm never like ill-intented. I never meant to hurt anybody, you know? And I just think that just comes with the territory of being on a drama reality show. It just is, it's entertaining. Yeah. And how much would you say of it is, because obviously we know that the producers meddle, right? So it's like, just thinking of Paradise specifically, we watch an episode of Paradise. How much is that really accurate? And how much is it them like piecing things together? On Paradise is actually more relaxed. It's definitely more realistic and not as manipulated. There, of course, are going to be things that are pushed and coerced towards certain situations, but a lot of it is very natural and a lot of them are real emotions. I remember specifically, and Tammy, you taught me this lesson on (laughs) reporting in Bachelor Nation and you probably don't even remember it. I don't remember this. Um, I'm so sorry. No, it's it's totally fine. I'm glad you don't because I actually felt really bad. And in the future, it actually changed the way that I commentated on things because I remember I was, you know, doing a TikTok recap of one of the episodes of Paradise. And it was I was talking about you making out with Thomas in front of Aaron. And I remember saying, Tammy, why would you make it? out with him right in front of Aaron. And you were like, well, actually I was a hundred yards away and they just made it seem like I was a lot closer in proximity than I actually was. And that's when I started really kind of taking a second look and I'm like, oh, you can't actually believe every, the way that they present it to you is not always a hundred percent accurate. Well, right. Cause if it was right in front of him and if he was sitting like right across the table, that would look really bad and made me look really worse. I did what I did. I made out with Thomas and Aaron saw it. That's the fact of it. It's just like, I did not put into perspective, like, is he sitting there watching me? You know, like I was just kind of doing my own thing. That day bed is actually the furthest one on the island. So people go there to have privacy. Clearly not enough privacy because <laughs> he got a front row seat of it, but it was definitely too far away for me to even realize like, oh, he's watching this, you know? Yeah. And how are you guys now? Are you all cool? Me and Aaron? Absolutely not. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Some people hold grudges. Still to this day. Yeah, some people hold grudges. I don't believe in holding grudges. I think it's a waste of energy, but some people just can't let it go. And he was never going to let it go, even if I played, you know, Angel on his side, you know, and I took the fall for everything. He would have never forgiven me still. And like... The thing is, him and Thomas are kind of friends, which made no sense to me. So I'm like, like, did did Thomas run over your dog? Did he kill your family? Because <laughs> then I would understand. But because the double standard was really crazy, which why it bothered me so much of like, you know, he has a right to be upset. Everyone's right to their emotions. But 
he was literally making out with two other girls on rose ceremony night. And I trusted him to make the decision. And it worked because I, I, I'm not like an overbearing person. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not overly jealous. I can be like, you made out with this person. I'm going to cry. It's like, I think you're really cool. I think that you should test all your options. That's why we're here on this beach. And he was faulting me for it. And then all of his friends were like slut shaming me essentially, but then commended him for doing the same thing. It just wasn't in front of me. You know, technically I did see him making out with Serena on the other day bed. Um, again, I was just at the bar so I could see it. I just wasn't in front of them, you know? So same thing. I just didn't make a big deal out of it. Right. Did you ever try to like reach out to him after the show or were you just totally done with it? Oh, a hundred percent. As soon as I landed, you know, I, I think I reached out to him through Instagram. I tried to like message him cause I got his phone number just to work things out and just be like, you know, everything's under the bridge at this point, you know, and let's just move on. And to my understanding, he was okay with it. But then when I saw him in person at the premiere, he was so cold towards me. And I'm like, can you not be mean to me? Like, why are we doing this? Like, we're supposed to have fun. It's a premiere, our premiere day. Like we're a handful of people that got to go to the premiere. And he was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. It's just like very like a dickish commentary and like very passive aggressive. So I tried. Yeah, that seems so bizarre. So, and like, like you said, holding a grudge when the premise of the show is to go on and find who your biggest connection is with. It seems like maybe he didn't know what show he was on. I think it's because he has a high ego and he couldn't let it go. I think he wants to be Thomas. He's probably (laughs) going to hate me for saying this. I really don't actually care, but he probably wants to be Thomas a little bit. Thomas is tall, you know, smart, wealthy, you know, has his own business and it's intimidating, you know? And I think that I related with Thomas so well on that because a lot of things that I do are very intimidating without me essentially trying to shove it in your face. Okay, enough about Aaron. Please. Bye, Aaron. Bye, bye, Aaron. <laughs> I hope you and James have a wonderful life together. <laughs> I also want to know, do you still stand by the fact that Victoria P. had a boyfriend when she was on Paradise? 100%. And nothing against her. I. It's funny because I was in Utah and she called me right before the episode aired She's like, I love you. Just, you know, like no bad blood. I go, absolutely. Like, I don't hate you whatsoever. I just do what I had to do because that was wrong. And everybody in your close circle told me about this. It wasn't something that I just pulled out of my butt, you know? And then I had Kelsey there too, to confirm these things as well, which is why we did this. And it was just to protect people. I was really trying to protect James at the time. I would hate to be in that position if I found out I was being bamboozled and then it brought it all the way to the end. And I found out I was, I got, got, you know, so it definitely is true. I have receipts and confirmation. I wish her the best. And it sucks that she unfollowed me afterwards after saying that we were going to be all good. And that's why I was like, okay, like, I guess you didn't mean the things that you said. You were just kind of trying to protect your image with me. I feel like that that pretty much covers most of the drama that went down on Paradise. And I know that I personally do not want to rehash Peter's season. I'm sure you don't either. I'm so sick of talking about that because everyone's like, apologize to McKenna, apologize to Kelsey. I'm like, if you follow any of us, you realize that none of us care anymore. Right. It's It's been so long. So you are cool with both of them. I'm cool with Kelsey now. And like we talked, we had a long talk about it on the beach. We hashed it out because that was our first time seeing each other in person since our season. And then after that, we literally would go walk and get coffee and walk up and down the beach for hours. Like, everything's fine. With McKenna, I just think we're just two different personalities. 
and that's fine too. I wish her all the best. I just, I literally forgot that she existed because she's not in my close circle. I'm not in her close circle. It just doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to be best friends with everybody. Yeah. Totally agree. I want to, this is a fun fact that you might not know. When you guys went to Cleveland and you were on the football date, did you know that I was there that day? Wait, at the football date? Yes. You know how they have like the sideline commentators? Yeah. I was the the female sideline commentator that Shut day. Shut up. What? <laughs> yes, I swear. Wait. It's on YouTube like if you sports? guys forget. Yes. So this was the craziest thing that has ever happened to me because I um I work in morning radio in Cleveland and I was going on and on and on about how I had applied to be an audience member for these these group dates, you know, because they're happening in three different locations in Cleveland, but I kept getting denied because I, you know, was a media personnel. So I get a call at like nine o'clock that Thursday. And it's from an LA area code. And I'm like, what, what is this? And long story short, it was a producer who had heard me talking on the radio that day, got my number and was like, we need a female sideline commentator to come commentate this game of tackle football. And I remember I was like so nervous the whole day, but we were there all day long like sun up to sundown. I can't imagine how you guys felt because I felt like it was a terribly long day. And I'm wondering, because this is the first time I'm I'm having like a, a in-depth interview with a member, like, is there one specific producer assigned to you specifically? Yes. That has a lot to do with the other factors that come into that of why you are with this person, but it's really about trust. Some people are just assigned random people, but then it changes throughout the season. So like as less girls are coming in, like you might just be closer with another person, you know, and closer with another producer. So that way they just are now attached to you. It's really like, this is why we get so close to these producers because they hear about everything that we're going through, you know, like they're basically our therapists. So everyone hates on the producers to some extent. I get that, but like the, the closest people I am to this franchise are the producers. And that's like the interesting thing about it is because, you know, I see a lot of people come out and say that, you know, the producers manipulate situations. And I'm thinking, isn't this the same people that they're like running around with? So at the end of the day, they end up breaking their their trust or like, how do you feel about that? Because is it the same people that are editing the show that are, you know, the closest to you? The producers actually don't edit the show whatsoever. Okay. Well, then that makes a little bit more sense. So... The editors, I think, don't even know us in person at all. They just, you know, work through all the footage and see what they can piece together. I think that's it. But they're not the same person, which makes me feel a little bit better because I'm like, why did you do this to me? It's like they didn't, you know, and it's normal to feel upset when you feel betrayed by someone that you let in your life and your emotions so closely. But people who got into trouble, they did say these things to another person that they confided in, you know, and sometimes you forget that you're being recorded. (laughs) What do you think about the the dual bachelorette situation this season? I think it's definitely nice for them to change it up a bit. I think they definitely need to switch it up to do something. Those are two great girls. I'm very happy for them. And I'm excited to see what the season's like. I'm hoping that they don't get pinned against each other because that'd be really upsetting. But I wouldn't put it past this franchise, you know? But yeah, I'm sure there's going to be lots of drama. I stopped tweeting midway through Clayton season because I was so upset. But I think I probably will tweet the next bachelorette season just because I mean, I've always been a fan of the show and it's just nice. And my commentary is too good to withdraw from this world. You know? <laughs> it is. So would you say that, I know we talked about this earlier, but 
you're not done with Bachelor Nation. You'll be back, you know, watching the show. I just think I'm going to put my borders up with them. I I don't want to cut ties with them completely because they have been my family for the last two years. But it hurts, you know, and just like a a sister or a mom or a dad that hurts you, you kind of just it hurts and you might just keep arm's length with them. But you're never going to forget. You just might forgive. But yeah, I'll probably still tweet the show. If I'm not going to work my schedule around it before I was like so adamant about like making sure I'm not doing anything on Monday night so I could live tweet. That's like the key thing. But if I'm out, then I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to sweat it. Yeah. And you know, your feelings are valid. Like you're allowed to be upset by them. Sometimes I feel like, and I mean, I know nothing, so I can't say for certain, but sometimes I feel like people are afraid to like say what they really feel or, or say like, you know, this has hurt me that you guys have done, but you know, I know you said it was in the heat of the moment, but I'm glad that you did because it shows that not everything is always rainbows and butterflies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've always been very transparent with my audience. You know, I think everyone knows that I speak whatever is on my mind. And sharing those moments with you guys means a lot to me because it just brings me closer. Like I had so much support. I was like flying the next day and I'm just like crying reading all these messages because it's a lot, you know, and you go through this trauma and you think you're alone and then you have all these people to back you up when you thought you were so alone in the situation. But Yeah, I don't regret it whatsoever. I think I definitely needed to air it out because that's how I was feeling. I think bottling it up would have been way more unhealthy. And should I have maybe collected my emotions and thoughts more? Yeah, but it wouldn't have been authentic. You know, it would have been very scripted. And I didn't want that. Well, Tammy, I'm so glad that we got to do this deep dive with you on the bonus episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. Just tell us, like, what is the next thing in your life that we can look forward to that you're looking forward to? Nothing set in stone quite yet, but hopefully you'll see more of me on TV, on other networks. So I'm very excited and different projects that I'm working on. I'm working on new products. I'm working on like getting more content out there that's relating to like just more entrepreneurial business, helping like women build wealth and people of color, especially build wealth. So that's really my main focus right now. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much again. I am so glad that we finally got to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Morgan. (laughs) Thank you guys again for tuning in for this week's bonus deep dive. We got some juicy stuff. If you like today's episode, please make sure to rate and review. You can leave me a little five-star boop boop. Also type a little something if you want to. Look, the more times you rate, the better the show becomes, the more popular it becomes, the more Bachelor Nation members will come on the pod. All right. We'll see you guys on Thursday for your regularly scheduled programming of Morgan's Pop Talks. Bye. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the motherfucker kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG.